2: Hey everyone, this is Mark Treichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. The title of this podcast is Does NCUA Listen to With Flying Colors? And the answer is yes, and I'm about to explain. NCUA last Thursday had a webinar for the industry on consumer compliance type issues, and it was many of NCUA subject matter experts on the topic, Matt Dolores who's the head of that department, and it was opened up by Chairman Todd Harper. As I've said here often, Chairman Todd Harper is a very passionate about consumer compliance, and you can tell from that webinar, although I haven't listened to the whole thing, I did listen to the front end. And why did I listen to the front end? Uh, because he made reference to a podcast with former examiners on it, and that would be this one. And anyway, I do want to have the little snippet here where Todd refers to a podcast that I did with two of my team members, Steve Farr and Todd Miller, back in February. And it was a podcast on NCUA's priority letter, which comes out in January. One of my favorite documents that NCUA issues every year. So Todd makes a reference to that, which is here coming up. And before we jump into it, I also want to say it's October, my favorite month of the year. I'm also very excited about it being October because this month, I get to go see a, a band that I've wanted to see for forever, which is Depeche Mode, and in particular, one of their songs, Enjoy the Silence. Now, you'll see why I made reference to Enjoy the Silence here in a moment. Here's Todd Harper, chairman of NCUA.
1: podcast with former credit union examiners discussing the NCUA's 2023 supervisory priorities. They went one by one through the priorities listed in the January letter to credit unions with each item generating strong opinions and discussion. However, when they arrived at the topic of consumer financial protection, the conversation ground to a halt. To recover from this awkward silence, the podcast host recounted a story from earlier in his career. He described the, the meeting as one in which his director of special actions at the time, addressed the team about consumer financial protection, claiming that it was irrelevant to focus on compliance because the focus should be on whether the credit union was generating positive earnings. That message was disheartening to hear. And if you are participating in this call, you clearly understand that safety and soundness and compliance with consumer financial protection laws do not compete with one another. It is not a zero-sum game across the banking and credit union systems the two safety and soundness and consumer financial protection go together as hand in glove in fact the ncoa's vision statement unanimously approved by the ncoa board last year is a clear confirmation of that relationship to quote strengthen communities and protect consumers by ensuring equitable financial inclusion through a robust sound, safe, evolving credit union system. Many of you participating today are responsible for consumer compliance at your respective financial institutions and your role is critical to the credit union system's statutory mission of meeting the credit and savings needs of consumers, especially those of modest needs. Adhering to that mission is why I have long advocated for a stronger consumer financial protection examination program at the NCUA, especially for large and more complex credit unions. Such a program is in the best interest of the system, its members, and the Share Insurance Fund. It will ensure that as the industry grows and evolves, it remains true to its mission and its commitment to serve members of all backgrounds. And consumer compliance is not just a good principle, It is good business. Credit union leadership must also remember that we each do not live on an island. After all, the actions of one credit union with practices that harm consumers can affect the reputation and the earnings of the entire industry.
2: Okay, so there you have uh, Todd's reference to this podcast, and he makes reference to a couple things that were stated about uh, profitability being more important than consumer compliance, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the actual word-for-word and pause-for-pause language and audio from the podcast, which came out in February. It was part two of Priorities. Without further ado, here's four or five minutes on my take Steve Farr's take and Todd Miller's take on consumer compliance as it related to this letter uh, that Todd referred to so consumer financial protection I think I mentioned earlier that this while well, this is number six this is perpetual it's always been on the list it's been as it's been as high as fourth and as low as like seventh or eighth Todd Harper, Chairman Todd Harper, is very passionate about this. This is when you have a Democratic president, a Democrat at CFPB, and Democratic leadership at a federal financial regulator, and you're going to see more emphasis on consumer financial protection. CFPB has pointed the term junk fees. I had a podcast with Dan Berger of NAFCU where he spoke out about that. Just yesterday, CFPB came out saying that they're going to try and put some caps on late fees on credit cards, I believe it was, that were amazingly low. And somehow CFPB, in my view, views that as something that's going to protect consumers. But a lot of consumers need to have the opportunity to have some flexibility there. They're seeming to want to take away from it. If you can't tell where I'm at on consumer financial protection, um, it's very clear that I think that NCUA needs to be careful here. But I think they are going to owe be continually doing more and more in this arena. So I'm gonna stop, let me know your thoughts on this topic, Todd and Steve. Yeah, okay, all right. So this is, it's funny. I've said to some clients that that examiners either really like consumer financial protection and they fall in love with it and they wanna go down that path, or they don't like it and they like to be safety and soundness examiners. And the three of us, I think would probably put ourselves in the safety and soundness camp and not necessarily the consumer compliance camp. Matter of fact, when I we talk about being direct COs, you know, director of special actions, when I was a problem case officer, met with my director of special actions the first time, one of the PCOs started talking about some compliance issues. And to quote the director of special action at that time, I don't give a crap about that. Are they making money? <laughs> because, because they needed to get more capital. <laughs> so that's the examiner. Safety and sound is bent. And over time, over our careers, consumer compliance has become more important in the real world. It's become more important politically. It's become more important at NCUA. CFPB didn't exist when we started. And it's a big issue right now. And it's particularly big because Chairman Harper is a champion of it. In my opinion, when he gets a new Democratic board member, there will be more here. Last year, he put into the letter, or NCUA put into the letter, that they were going to be looking at share overdrafts. And I'm trying to find something that I put on LinkedIn the other day. And so they were gonna be looking more at share overdrafts and they were gonna be looking at, last year they said they would look at what audits you've done on overdrafts what you communications you'd made with your member and that they weren't going to take exception to it in the exam and this year they've stepped it up a notch and this is actually one of the slides that I mentioned that I took a screenshot of and they indicated that if a credit union is over 500 million in assets now this was actually a value add to that to the podcast that NCUA did because they revealed a little bit of information Federal credit unions over $500 million in assets examiners will review website advertising as it relates to share overdrafts will review balance calculation methods will review settlement processes. Will review member statements and disclosures related to pals two loans and management's actions to address unanticipated overdraft fees now. I don't think they're saying unanticipated overdraft fees are junk fees, but there's a lot of noise around this at CFPB, a lot of noise around it at NCUA. It has the most verbiage in the letter. So while it's six, there's more discussion on, on consumer financial protection. And I will likely do a separate podcast with Joe Goldberg who used to supervise this area and get his take on this, but expect NCUA to look at the overdraft program now Will every examiner look at it? And maybe that's something, when you were back in credit unions, guys, did you, and Todd, you were most recently a director of special actions. When this letter came out, would you, obviously you would go through it. You'd probably go through it with your staff at a staff meeting and kind of set some expectations. Do I, was that how you, that's how I handled it when I was back at that.
0: Pretty much how I approached it. At the end of the day, it's nice that NCUA gives you their emphasis They have some statutory responsibilities to enforce these consumer regs. And those regs exist because institutions out across the country didn't treat their customers or credit didn't treat their members fairly. So that's why they exist to begin with. There's a great deal of strategic risk for NCUA if they don't take care of their statutory requirements to monitor and supervise these regs. Congress will find somebody else to do it. Like the CFP. Probably better for the credit unions than everyone else to have NCUA doing it, who takes a very kind of light hand to most of this. I do think credit unions, probably on the whole, do treat their members maybe more fair than some of the banks do. I don't think you have some of the issues in credit unions that you have in for profit banks. And I just think it's nice that NCUA tells you that on a rotating basis, these are the ones we're going to be focusing at. So while I didn't really necessarily enjoy digging into some of the consumer regs when I was an examiner or PCO, I 100% understand the reason why they need to.
2: Yeah, I'd say my
0: experience on that is I dealt with a few institutions that got in trouble because they ignored or did a really poor job in some area of compliance and the expense of trying to fix that and the resources that it took the credit union away from their basic business was just incredible. That is one where your
2: tuition expense for doing it wrong is really expensive. That's really where the safety and soundness side of it comes, right? Because it can, it, you do it wrong, the costs go up, the costs go up, profitability and capital retention and all the other safety and soundness. So there is a direct link. To this and safety and soundness, but it's usually when the cart goes off the rails that you find that out. So spending the money on it, doing it right is the right approach. And Todd, as you said, NCUA kind of alerting NCUA where where they're going does establish those expectations. So getting back to those clear expectations, that's one big plus of this letter. It does point where NCUA will be heading. All right. It was a little bit more detailed than what Chairman Harper indicated. I will expand a little bit on what I said about the former director of special actions I had at that juncture. So that was 1990. And at that juncture, there was no prompt corrective action. At that juncture, there were credit unions that were allowed to operate with 1%, 2%, 3%, even negative capital. I know that sounds bizarre. And if you were in the division of special actions, that was the case, which made profitability that much more important. But as I also framed up, that was then, this is, now there's a CFPB. Now it's more important for NCUA, and it's clearly more important because Chairman Harper is there and he's going to expand efforts in this area, no doubt. Lastly, the awkward pause just makes me chuckle because my podcast is not scripted. Uh, on occasion, there were a couple podcasts I did on Silicon Valley Bank where I read some articles off of the uh, uh, Wall Street Journal, et cetera, where I was actually taking some language that was verbatim written. And I tend not to do that. And when I get together with my team and we have a topic, they may have notes that they're going to refer to, but it's not scripted out like some other things are. I, and quite frankly, like the NCUA board meeting is, that's there's scripts that they have there. And I understand why they do that but my podcast isn't scripted. And so going back and thinking about that recording, I can remember chuckling and you can hear a little laugh in there. It's because I brought it up and I looked at them on the screen. They both smiled at me and they both paused because neither one of them wanted to take the first part of the discussion on that. And why? Because as I said, The three of us are safety and soundness-based examiners. And oh, by the way, other banking regulators have separate exams, separate consumer compliance exams from safety and soundness exams. And if you talk to people at NCUA, people, like I said earlier, people gravitate towards consumer compliance or they don't. They gravitate towards being an information systems officer or they don't. They gravitate towards being a capital market specialist or they don't. If you throw left-handed and you pitch left-handed, you're certainly not going to pitch right-handed. And consumer compliance is a niche. And Chairman Harper is right that it does impact safety and soundness. And Todd Harper, excuse me, Todd Miller and Steve Farr also pointed that out on the tail end of the podcast from back in February. This has given me an idea. I may break up all six of those priorities into individual podcasts here coming up, but there's going to be a new letter out in, in January. We'll have to think that over. But as I've said in other podcasts, it's coming quickly towards NCUA's uh, budget. If you look at the budget, it's probably going to be in December. They're probably going to, since we're already in October, they're probably going to have their briefing or hearing, whatever you want to call it, in November. And they're probably going to release their budget this month. I am predicting that they will. Substantially increase their consumer compliance footprint. Chairman Harper, in his comments, says large credit unions and complex credit unions. Complex means more than 500, and large means pick a number. Does it mean 5 billion? Does it mean 4 billion? Does it mean 8 billion? It means a number less than what CFPB is at, which is 10 billion. So NCUA, I'm anticipating, will have a bigger footprint. Uh, In that area, Rodney Hood has indicated that he's going to support some of Harper's initiatives. President Biden has nominated a new Democrat to come on board, and I had a podcast that ran yesterday where I interviewed a former NCUA board member, Jeff Pacino, who's predicting that she will be in place by the end of the year. Uh, That is going to put uh, fuel uh, under the fire of NCUA's consumer compliance footprint. And I will also say that I am going to predict that they will centralize some of those things, just like they did with fair lending exams. I think there will be some sort of uh, centralized program and to, in order to get the right people on it, I think that probably makes sense for the same reasons I'm saying safety and soundness examiners, their niche is not consumer compliance. Lastly, I do have a quote I want to weave in here that NCUA needs to keep in mind during this reorganization. Machiavelli once said, it must be remembered that there is nothing more difficult to plan, more doubtful of success, nor more dangerous to manage than a new system. For the initiator has the enmity of all who would profit by the preservation of the old institution and merely lukewarm defenders in those who gain by the new ones. So enmity is hatred. So let's go back and reread that with the word hatred in there for the initiator has the hatred of all who would profit by the preservation of the old institutions and merely lukewarm defenders in those who gain by the new ones. In any event, there's no doubt it's happening because, again, Chairman Harper is a champion of consumer compliance. You can hear it in his words here. You can see it in the fact that they had an hour-long consumer compliance webinar, and I'll probably have more to follow on that as I listen to The rest of it over the next couple of weeks. The answer to the question, does NCUA listen to With Flying Colors? Yes, indeed they do. All right, that's it. Mark Teichel signing off With Flying Colors. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoy October as much as I plan to.